Alright, so we are... We are, um... Hey, I'm in base. The first, uh, the first wide line. So, we were just talking about a story where, uh, there are different people in the Caesar's court that were, you know, uh, motioning at each other not be cursed and a, and a Jew but bottom line is the Gemara now, now and, and the bottom line with that after the covers was you know motioning and things that Hashem forgotten about us etc so the Gemara says as follows when was passing away they said to him what's going to happen with uh with uh, all these happy courses, what are we going to do with them? So Amalahem, don't worry. He said, don't worry. That when uh, the advice, the wisdom has gone away from the children, so then their, their, uh, their wisdom goes away. It sounds like a redundant sentence. So he said, what does that possibly mean? In your Yo. Um, once the children of Hashem lose their Eitzah, meaning if we become less smart about how to deal with this, don't worry, it's going it, it, to, the Umas the, the Olam will lose their excitement to attack us. Basically saying, don't worry, um, it's going to be okay, because if, if we're not sure what to do, they're not going to know what to do with us anyways. That that Asa basically says to, to Yaakov, I'm gonna I'll walk connected you, I'll walk parallel to you. Meaning, uh, as strong as we are, that's as strong as they're gonna be. If we get weaker, they'll get weaker too. So he said, you don't have to worry about that because they're not gonna destroy us. It's just a question of us. If we if 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 we are gonna you know less our inten- less than our intensity, we're not as smart. We don't know what to do as much, etc. We don't have to be concerned because the same thing will happen to those who are trying to attack us. Okay, so Rebbe Law, I was solid bedarga. If you love is walking up the stairs, the Bay Rabbi Barshila in Rabbi Barshila's house. Um Shamil the Anuka heard a child have a kakaria heard a child saying the following pasak. Kine Yotse Harim Ubore Ruach Umagdila Adamasiha. Pasak and Amos that Hashem can, you know creates mountains and and the and the wind and he tells the person what his conversations were literally. So he said, a, a, a servant whose master is going to be able to tell him even every, you know, teeny tiny conversation he ever had, you're stuck. What, what are you going to do? So uh, interesting that he didn't cry when he heard the bus. Usually these things were that they cry when they heard the bus. Well, good. Here he heard the, the, the child saying. So my masih. So what does it mean that, you know, what's the, does this mean that he, that he hears over his conversations? Amarav, afidu sikhi yaserish ben ish la ishto, ma'gidin la adam b'shas misa. That every conversation, even the little extraneous conversations that husbands and wives have together, so those will be told to us at the end of our lives. So Amarav says, any, really? Is that really true? Um, and by the way, Rashi points out, what are these, you know, like, uh, you know, private conversations. So Rashi points out, even conversations that a husband and wife have at the at moments of intimacy, literally physical intimacy. So the most private conversations, you know, um, uh, will be you know will be 
told over to a person. Any really? Varav Kahana have a gane to say Puria Darav. So this is you know sometimes we find these stories of the of the uh, Amaraim. It's so interesting to learn about their rebellion that they would do things that we would see as you know extraordinarily, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, attacking their privacy. So Rav Kahana, but so we have to understand these in their context. But it's very, it seems very strange to us that that basically he says that uh, that, that, that Rav Kahana went and, and lay under the bed of. Um, of Rav, they heard that, that, that uh, Rav would speak to his wife, meaning in a you know romantic way, etc., uh, before they would be in, involved in physical intimacy. So Amar, Dami Pumi Rav So he said, the the you know the mouth of Rav is like someone who never tasted food, meaning it's like. It's like you, you need to, you have, you know, such taiva, etc. You have to, you know, talk in such a way. Rashi says, Meaning not just, if you look at the, this is a, long, a very much, much longer conversation in terms of how we talk to Hassanim today and Kalas, etc. About, about, and, and even to everybody about physical intimacy and the importance of, of pleasure in that, in that, in that uh, in, when we engage in physical intimacy. But, that's enough for my, uh, you know, two cents about that topic. But it's a much longer topic. No, because these Gemaras make it seem like, and the Gemara, even the, even the Shacharach writes, a person, when they have intimacy, should be like, they're, they're forced and they have no interest in any, any, any enjoyment, etc. We shouldn't misunderstand, um, you know, for ourselves in, in, in real life, you know, compared to what happens here with the Amarayim, which is imp- important to understand the Amarayim. But we shouldn't make, make misunderstandings in terms of what happens today in 2019. But we can't have that conversation at a different time. But the bottom line is, he says to him, it's like, right, you need to enjoy? You need to enjoy? You have to talk in a certain way? Like, what, what's going on here? So, Amalei, Kahana, Pok, Lavar, says to him, what are you doing here? Get out of here. This is not appropriate for you to be here. So, the bottom line is, you see that Rav was uh, speaking in a, whatever, some, some type of you know, romantic way to his wife. So, what's going, how can that be? So, Gamar says, Lokasha. Maybe this is the part of the answer. This depends. Depends on the relationship. In certain relationships, you know, and I would say today in all relationships, yeah, husband and wife have to talk to each other in a way that shows how much they care about each other, how much they love each other, how much they think the other person is beautiful, and, and, and etc. That's part of that. It's part of the, the goal uh, of intimacy. But the bottom line is, for those who need it, it's important, which is, again, today, everybody needs it. But, um, but the point being that, yeah, even, even Raf felt that it was necessary in his relationship, and therefore he spoke in that way. Um, okay. Fine. Vim lo uha bimistarim. So the bottom line is that the Yubbana Shalom, you know, uh, reminds us of all the things that we say, and even these things, if they're necessary, they're appropriate. Fine. Vim lo uha bimistarim tifke nafshim gava. If you don't, if you're not going to be heard in the you know, in the hidden places, so my soul is going to cry because of gavar. Let's see what that means in a second. So, Amr of Shmuel bar Ine, Inya, Mishmei Darav, Makam Yeshua Kashprocho, Umistarim Shmo. What does it mean? Imlati Shmuel Bimistarim. Hashem has a place that he hangs out that's called Mistarim. Okay. My Mipnei Gavar. What does it mean? Because of, it sounds like because of arrogance. So, Amr of Shmuel bar Yisra, Mipnei Kavasan She Yisrael, Shenitla Mehem. He cries because of the the grandeur of Klai Yisrael that was uh, 
taken away from them. It was given to the nations of the world. And that's why Hashem cries. Not because we are Gavidek, not because we're arrogant, but because the greatness of Amisha was taken away. Because the grandeur of Machu Shemayim, of Hashem's kingship, which was taken away. Hashem cries? Hashem cries? What does that mean? If Papa Papa said there's no there's no sadness in front of Hashem. Right? It's just a place of 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 uh, praise and of beauty and of and of simcha in Hashem's place. So how can it be that he's crying? What does that even mean? So Lokasha Habate Gavai Habate Basabai. Um what it means is that in, in places that are uh, outer places, so that's where Rakash Baruch doesn't, whatever this means, Hashem doesn't cry in the outer spaces. That's not appropriate. But when he goes into his inner chamber, so then crying is permissible, even whatever that means. That Hashem cries. But what do you mean? In the, in the, in the, the outer chambers, he doesn't, he doesn't cry. Hashem so here it says that he called, right, Hashem calls out right, to have crying and, and has paid him eulogies, etc. The fact that it says it called out, meaning it sounds like a, like a public thing, that even in public, Hashem allows for uh, crying. So, shiny, Chorban and Beis Amikdash, that feel the Malachi Shalom Bach, the Chorban and Bais. You can't compare the Chorban and Bais. But even though t- typically, Hashem will only allow crying in his inner chambers. When it comes to the Chorban Abayas, then even it was allowed, it was everywhere, everybody was crying. And everybody cried, even the Malachi Shalom, who apparently were always, you know, full of simcha, etc. They even cried when it came time for the Chorban Beis Um Okay. So the Pasuk now says, there in uh, Yeshayahu also, I'm oh, sorry, in Yeshayahu, Videma tidma v'tered eni dima kinishba eider Hashem. That my I will surely cry and my eyes will pour out tears when the flock of Hashem is captured. Presumably meaning Amisel. So Amir Belazar shalosh demos halalolama. Why is it dema tidma dima? Right, three times the language of, of tears. So, Achas al Mikdash Rishon, one for the first base of Mikdash, Achas al Mikdash, anyone for the second base of Mikdash, the Achas al Yisrael Shagalo Bimkomen. The third one is for Am Yisrael that were kicked out of, uh, of Eretz Yisrael and taken into, into exile. Vikadamir, and some explain the third demo as something else. Achas al Bitl Torah. The third is because Am, is, is that Am Yisrael wasn't able to learn Torah. There's no learning going on anymore. So Bishlam Alamand Amr Ayishal Shagalu, if you want to say the third dimma, the third example of, of crying and tears is because Amisha was sent into exile, Hani Dhsiv Kinishba Eidir Hashem. If that's the Pasuk says, because the flock of Hashem was captured. So that's the Gullus. Alamand Amr al Bitta Torah, when I say it's because because Amisha didn't learn Torah, my Kinishba Eidir Hashem, what does that mean? That Amisha was 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 taken captive. How is that related to the Torah? Kevin Shagala Yisrael Mim Koman Ein Lacha Bitta Torah Gadol Mizeh because once Amishah was taken captive, so the result was there was an inability to learn. There was an inability to, to remember Torah. There is Kimitzion Teitzay Torah Barashem Yishalayim that the Sanhedrin sat at the at the Harabayas 
we no longer had a Sanhedrin to, to pass in Shilas. So there was, there was a, such a lack of, of, of Torah in Am Yisrael because we were taking it to Golis. What's interesting is that we think of it as like two totally separate things, but not two totally separate things. The fact that once, once Torah starts to drop and people don't know Torah and people are not learning Torah, so the entire identity of Am Yisrael is, 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 is gone. Um, that's why there was such a, such a dramatic um, attempt in the 19, you know, end of the 1940s, in the early 1950s in America, to build Torah learning in, in America. And when they did that, Baron Cutler, Soloveitchik, everybody who, who put all this time into, into building Torah learning in America, it changed the face of, of, of American Jewry. Because when you have learning, you have everything. Um, so it's not, you know, these, these two things are not disparate and they're not unequal. Um, you just have to find them in the Pasuk. So, Tan Rabbanan. Shalosha Kadosh Baruch Bocha Leyen Bechoyim. The three for whom the Rebbeinu Shalom cries every single day. On the same topic here, someone who, learned, who could have learned Torah and didn't, Hashem cries for them. And someone who doesn't, is, should, is not able to learn, and nevertheless they try to learn. And a leader who makes himself arrogant on that, for their tzibur, rather than being an anav and leading the tzibur appropriately, this individual who is a leader, they, uh, they, are, they are arrogant in their leadership. So, um, some of the first ask, why does Hashem cry? I understand Hashem cries for someone who, who, tries to, who should be learning and doesn't learn. But why does Hashem cry for someone who shouldn't be learning and they do learn? So, so one shot you could say is that, you know, maybe this means in terms of their, like, profession, right? Someone who should be, you know, learning full-time and they're not learning and they're raising their potential. Someone who shouldn't be learning and instead is learning all day, but they're not really learning because they're not really capable and they're, and they're wasting time and money, etc. So maybe they're, that's a... You know, uh, argument like that people have to find their space and know who they are. Uh, not everything is for everybody. But some of the freshmen explain, no, it's a person, it's, it's, it's a different type of crying. The devotion is crying with someone, someone who doesn't have the ability to learn, they're not skilled, but they try anyways, and it's hard for them that Hashem cries with them. That Hashem feels the pain of a person who wants to, but just doesn't feel capable that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you know, cries in a sense, um, not because they're doing the wrong thing, but because he so uh, feels for them, you know, how... how how passionate they are to try, even though it's difficult for them. Okay. Rebbe Havin Nakit Sefer Kinos Vikakari Begave. Rebbe took a Sefer Kinos and he was reading it. Kimaita Lahaypsukah. When he came to the following Pasuk, Kishlich Meshamayim Eretz. Right? That, uh, that Hashem threw us from the, from the sky to the, to the ground. Nafo Minyadeh. His Kinos literally fell out of his hands. Amar um, Ram Amixa. He said, "We've fallen from the greatest heights to the small, the, the lowest pit." And that's how far Amisha fell at the time of the Gullus, time of the destruction of Beis Hamikdash. Rabbi Rabbi Chia, Havushak Leva Azle Beorcha. Rabbi Rabbi Chia were walking. They were taking. Tra- uh, they were traveling. Kimatul Lahuma. So they came to a certain city. Amre Igat Zuba Mirabanan. Hacha. Is there a Tamachachamir? If there is, we want to go uh, visit him. This is Tamachacham in town, we want to visit him. So you have to remember that, and we're going to see it's important, that Rebbe was the Nasi at the time. And nevertheless, even though he was the Nasi, he's connected also to the, you know, Parnes Hamiskal Atzibor. That Rebbe was the, was the Nasi, he wants to know if there's a Tamachacham around, that he can come, come you know, be Meshamesh uh, Tamachacham, even though he himself was the, the leader. So Amar Iket Tzur Mirabana, they say, yeah, there is one, Umeore uh, Naimu, and he's blind. Meaning, he can't come to you, you're going to have to go to him. Me'oranayim is a euphemism, right? His, his eyes are full of light. But he's actually blind. So Amalei, Rabbi Chila, Rabbi Surachia, turns to Rabbi and he says to him, Tib'at, you stay here. Right? You stay here. 
You don't have to be mazalzal in your kavod, right? You don't have to degrade yourself to go greet this this tamachacham. Uh, I'll go and I'll uh, I'll visit him. So takfei. So Rebbe says no. He overpowers him. He says I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not I don't agree. I'm coming along. I'm gonna come. Um, so he goes to him. Fine. Um, so they go, they visit the Tamachacham. When they're leaving, Amalahu. So he says his fallacy, and this is going to connect us all the way back to our original topic here. He says, Atem, Hikbatem, Panim, Hanirim, Ve'inan, Rowan. You went to somebody who can be seen, but isn't seen. You should be to go see the face, meaning the presence of, an, of someone, meaning a Baruch Hu, who can see you even though you can't see him, right? You should be Mekhaim the mitzvah of Re'iyah, right? Going back, going to the base of Meitach. Right? This is the time of the Chorban already. Very beautiful bracha. So Amalei, so they say back to him, Iku hashta. Um, so, he, so he said, sorry, Iku hashta minasan mehai birchasa. So Rebbe says, Re'iyah, if you, what a beautiful bracha he says, if you would have, I would have listened to you and I would have refused to go, what would have happened? I would have lost out on this, uh, on this beautiful bracha. So Amrulay Miman Shmielach. So he said, they said, presumably he said to the Machal but presumably he said to the to this 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 how did you know that there's such an important Rashi points out? How did you know Minalach Shakol Kach Gedola Hakbalas Panim? How do you know that the, the mitzvah of going to see a Tamachacham is such an important mitzvah? How do you know? So he answers, Mi Pirke Rabbi Yaakov Shmieli. I heard it from Rabbi Yaakov. Why? Rabbi Yaakov Ish Kfar Chitya have Rabbi Yaakov, who is a man of the town of Chitiyah, so he would go see his Rebbe every single day. Kikash, when he got weaker, got older, Amalek, star mar. He said, hey, don't worry about it. Because you're not able to. It's too hard for you. Amalek, mi zuter Right, that do, do you take lightly the pasuk that says someone who lives forever, and 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 they're not going to, um, and they're not going to see shachas, not going to see you know uh, Gehenna, whatever it's going to be. Kiyira chachamim yamusu, and it says you need to see chachamim uh, when they die. So what the pasuk seems to be saying is that a person who goes to the chachamim when they pass away. So that person is going to, uh, will never see Gehenna. They're never going to see the, the, you know, the, the, the big tzuchos for them. It's a big merit. So, ma roch hacham misosan. Yechia, if a person who sees, uh, you know, tamich hacham when they pass away, is going to live. Bechayeyen, alachas kam v'kamas. So certainly, if you go visit tamich hachamim when, when they're alive, certainly a tremendous tzuchos. So he says from here, uh, that's what Rabbi Yaakov said to his Rebbe, who told him, stop coming to visit me. He says, no, it's just a tremendous thing for me to come to visit you. He says, I learned it from him. Okay. So if Idi Avud Rabbi Yaakov Baridi, Rabbi Idi, who is his father of Rabbi Yaakov Baridi, have a rogiel to have a azal tzlasa yarche ba'orcha, v'chad yom be'be'rav. He would travel for three months. He lived three months away from the base medrash. He would travel for three months to go to the base medrash, and he would be there for one day, and then he would get up and he would go back. And we would say that's a tremendous waste of time, right? Right? He didn't. He couldn't listen to shiurim on his phone on the way, right? It was a big waste. So. They would call him, you're the one-day base medrash guy. 
That was the nickname they gave him. Not very nice. Right? That's what, but that's what they called him. Chalash um, Daite. So he felt terrible. Kari, and after he said it by himself, I'm like a joke. Everyone laughs at me. It's a great, it's a great commander to talk to tell children, you know, about giving nicknames to people and what you call them. So Amalei of Yochanan, B'matusa Minach. So Yochanan said to him, I beg of you, Lotanish Lahul Rabbanan. Don't, don't punish, don't punish the Talmud Chachamim for, for what they said to you. So Nafik Rav Yochan, the baby Joshua, so Rav Yochan went to the base Madrash and he gave a Joshua. Vidarash Rosi, Yom Yom Yidrashun, Vidaras Darcha Yechbatsun. Right, so he, the, the Pasuk says that they look after me day by day and they desire my ways. What, they only come by day to be Dorish HaKadosh Baruch Hu? A person comes and learns Torah for one day. So it says Yom Yom, mean to say that the, the value of one day, a person comes for one day to learn Torah, it's uh, as if he learned the entire, the entire year. It's a good, uh, a good uh, you know, uh, whatever, advertisement for the, for the, 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 the Siyam, the Afyom, right? You come for one day to see learning. What are you going to see? You're going to come see Rabbanim. You're going to go see whatever you're going to see. When you come to, to one day to the Siyam. So you're going to see Mashas. So you're going to see all these things. It gives us a chush for a person. Even come, I'm going to go for one day. What's the big deal? And there is. Being, being in front of them, Yechachamim, seeing learning for one day has an impact on a person. And of course, it's true also in the negative as well. Right, they, the the miraglim are punished forty days, forty years for the forty days that they yom hashana yom hashana for the for the every day that they uh, went on their trip to receive klai yisrael they're punished for a year in the desert. Did they did they uh, sin for forty years? They put they sin for forty days. So a person makes mistakes one day, once a year, so it can have an impact for the entire year. But certainly it's true also in the positive. A person learns Torah for one day. Kilo, they learn the entire year. Uh, certainly uh, worthwhile. Um, you know, certainly good chizik for us getting up early to, uh, to learn each and every day. Okay, that's your question.